When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, this is Roger Daltrey of The Who, and you're listening to The Real Me Podcast. Presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts. Teen Cancer America has made an enormous impact on the lives of young people with cancer. We recognize that this age group are too old to be treated as children, but too young to be treated as older adults, making the in-between years difficult at the best of times. For 31 years, Pete Townsend and I have supported the Teenage Cancer Trust in the UK, seeing the benefits that our specialist zones and programs delivered for young people in hospitals made us determined to bring this idea across the pond to form Teen Cancer America. What you are about to hear are the authentic stories on how music can help teens and young adults process their experience as they fight this deadly disease. We support them by giving them the opportunity to work with professional musicians to develop an original song, from concept to fully produced recording. Join us as we hear their personal stories and reveal their real selves through the power of music. This is The Real Me. Thanks, Roger. Hello and welcome. This is episode one of The Real Me podcast from Teen Cancer America in partnership with Pantheon Podcasts. I am your host, Erin Alden. Let me first introduce myself. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer in the recording industry, a TV and film veteran, and your podcast host. Each episode, we will shine a light on TCA's remarkable Play It Back program, giving adolescents and young adults or AYA cancer survivors the opportunity to rock. That's what we are going to do right now. I'm so excited because today we will be joined in the studio with Play It Back music director, Kenley Mattis, and our first AYA artist, Juan Carlos, AKA JC. We'll talk about how the Play It Back program brought them together, JC's personal journey with cancer, and most importantly, we will get to listen to portions of an incredible song that they wrote and produced together. So let's first meet Kenley Mattis. Hey, Kenley, thank you so much for being with us today. Hi, Erin. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So can you please let our listeners know, give us a bit of your background and how Play It Back got started and what your role is. 
Okay. Well, um, I lived, I'm from New York and I lived in New York City when in my early 20s. And um, most of my uh, young adult life was being in bands and promoting my bands and promoting myself and doing that wannabe rock star thing. And one day my friend asked me um, if I wanted to go to play in Memorial Sloan Kettering Hospital. And because my friend was such a cool guy, I didn't really know what I was saying yes to, but I said, yes, of course, play a concert. Yeah. And so I went in onto the 15th floor and I played for a bunch of people going through some of the hardest moments of their life. And it changed my life because I realized maybe the reason I am able to perform and sing and, and connect with people isn't to show off or isn't to try to get people to think I'm as great as I thought I was, but to um, connect with people and to help people and to heal as best as I could with what I learned how to do and what I loved. So that really changed my world. And I kept going to the hospital. And the next few times I went, we started to go from room to room and playing individually for people who weren't well enough to come to the shows. And that became a thing. And my friends ran with that and created a nonprofit. And I continued to volunteer pretty much weekly for the next 20 years starting in that one hospital, but then they expanded to, you know, about 35 hospitals in New York and more hospitals outside of New York and Philadelphia, DC, Nashville, South Florida. And I was usually the first musician to go into all those hospitals and kind of put our, you know, I don't know, our best foot forwards. But anyway, I just had a lot of experience doing that. And that became a big part of what I did with some of my free time. I volunteered all those times over those 20 years. And in that process, I was also sometimes asked to help patients create music because they, some of the young people were rappers or singers and they said, Hey, do you know anyone who knows how to record stuff? And I say, well, I have a studio in my apartment and I can help you. And, and I would do that and we would end up making a CD from it at like a single and have a CD release party, which that was a big deal 20 years ago and their family and friends would come and he, they would sign their CDs. And so this became something that I did occasionally. And when I moved to L.A. 12 years ago, um, I started to play pretty much exclusively in UCLA. So I got to know the staff there really well, as opposed mm -hmm. to going around to you know 50 different hospitals. I was going to UCLA every week. And one of the staff people, child life specialists I got to know quite well, was Hillary Gann. And she saw what I would do in the rooms, and then she heard about what I had done recording and writing. And she said, hey, you know, I think we have some patients who'd be into that. And I started to volunteer doing that a little bit on the side. And then she said, you know, I think we might be able to make a program out of this. And so we tried for a few years. Benny Blanco, who uh, came, you know, who we met, was into that idea and we would brainstorm with him. But that didn't materialize at UCLA. And then after that, a few years after that, Hillary moved on to work at Teen Cancer America, which is the Who's charity. Mm -hmm. Hillary became the the hospital programs and services director at Teen Cancer America. And she said, hey, you know, now that I'm here, there's a few families that want to start a music program and they raise some money for it. And we think we can have you develop it. So that's where we started doing that. And in 2018, we launched a pilot program. I met the first playback artist who was a young man named Gian Mehta, um, was a very talented singer, songwriter, producer who unfortunately passed away. But at the time, he was going through his leukemia treatment, and it was about the third year he was going through it. He hadn't really done much music. And then we started to connect, talk music, and and he um, did 30 musical pieces in the last year of his life, and 10 wow. of which he finished, and several which are awesome. 
Portugal, the man connected with him. Um, they loved his music. Benny loved his music. I loved his music. And so he was the first official playback artist. And it's gone from there. Now we have over, you know, 600 hours logged with 22 different young playback artists in all different genres. Wow. You know, and that's really what this this program is about and why it's so special is someone like him leaving this incredible legacy and also to inspire the other kids that are going through their own process right now. When you get a kid, how do you start the songwriting process with them? You know, it's like how it always is with artists. You know, I've become a co-writer and a producer. And so in a sense, I'm they're the presidents of the song and I'm kind of the hired help, you know, where I'm here to help them find their vision and, and release it into the world. And so mostly it's a musician hang. You know, we talk about what music they're listening to. We really talk about what's going on in their lives at the moment. And although I'm listening and we're relating, I'm also listening for, you know, what in what they're saying could work to be a song. So someone says, well, I decided I wasn't going to wear black. I'm not going to wear black. I thought, oh, that's a song idea right there. And then we we start talking about that. So um, it's really a casual hang where we just talk and listen. Of course. Well, and that brings us to our guest today, which is JC. How did you meet JC? I met JC uh, through basically a form that comes to my email. His social worker told him about us he went to our website and filled out a form and it pops up in my email and I reach out to him and say, Hey, I'm, I'm the, you know, running the program that you reached out about music and let's set up a time to talk about music. Awesome. Well, how about we meet JC right now? Hey, JC. Hi. I wanted to start off by asking how old are you now and how old were you when you were first diagnosed with cancer? I am 18 right now and I usually don't even think about it, but I was 15. I feel like it was just a week ago. (laughs) What type of cancer do you have? Uh, I was diagnosed with ALL leukemia. And how long, how long were you in treatment for? Uh, Well, I'm still in treatment right now. So it'll be, I think three years and, but I'm almost done. Thankfully. Would you mind sharing your story with us? Tell us a little bit about what happened, how you were first diagnosed, how your family handled the news. Yeah. So basically what happened was I, around a month before I had gotten diagnosed, I, one random day out of completely nothing, I woke up and felt this really strange uh, piercing pain in my chest when I would breathe in every time I took a breath. And it, I had gone to the ER and it was basically uh, not taken very seriously. I was given uh, some pills to help with it. It kind of got better, but that was the kickoff point for a lot of uh, symptoms to show up. Eventually, I suddenly, little by little, started getting uh, more of the typical symptoms with bone pain and uh lack of strength and energy. I, my, my friends would even call me uh, the, the grandpa because I would bend over to grab my backpack with a lot of struggle and all that. We, have no, we, we didn't know what was going on. You know, it, it wasn't taken seriously by me or anyone else really until eventually it just kept on going. And I thought, well, okay, I got to find out how, what this is. I wasn't satisfied with uh, the results of the first ER visit. 
and my family, my parents, they were uh, totally in agreement. We went to a couple of other doctors to get different opinions. One said it was growing pains. The other one said it was the same thing, that it was uh, as the first ER doctor, they said that it was uh, the inflammation of the outer lining of the lung. And so it was just kind of left that, uh, you know, a, a lot of uncertainty. And then eventually I got a blood test done at the, at the last ER that I visited. And then eventually I got called one day to go with my dad. And this specialist told me that we think it's lymphoma or leukemia and me in my complete ignorance i did not have any idea that lymphoma was basically nearly the same level of bad mm-hmm. i thought oh my god please let it be lymphoma please let oh, it be lymphoma no. everything will be okay i i didn't know i yeah. literally didn't know and in a in a kind of way it was kind of good that i didn't know because then because nothing was confirmed yet the thing is that i but i was still I knew what leukemia was and I was still pretty worried. And then I I run a week later, what had happened was um, in general in high school, I was always really uh, dedicated to music. And at that time I was in the marching band and we were going to have this, this home show performance uh, the day of that I got diagnosed. And basically I was in mid rehearsal and then out of nowhere, my, my mom and dad, they come, and the, like the, the senior at the time who was in charge of us comes up to me and tells me, your parents are here. They're saying that you need to go to the hospital. I, I already know that was bad news. And so what happened was it was a really bittersweet moment. It was like kind of like a movie scene where uh, it was out in the field and I walk out to a hallway, an outdoor hallway, and there's the sun setting and my, I see my parents there and we don't even say any word. We just quickly hug each mm. other. And I have like tears, silent tears streaming down my, my cheeks, them too. And it's like, we, we didn't have to say any words because we knew that there was some, there was going to be a lot of difficulty from now yeah. on, but that we were going to uh, be together through it all. So I went and I spent that night being told that uh yeah it's most likely leukemia this is what we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to implant this porticeth in your body you're gonna have to we, for legal reasons we have to tell you every single mm-hmm. uh possible side effect and all these drugs that we're gonna fill you with it, it was too much but I, there was some kind of a calmness at least knowing that I wasn't alone. I had my family and I had so many friends that had visited me that day. And at the time, my relationship with my dad was getting a lot more distant because me being heavily involved in school and him working. And the two weeks that I was sick in the beginning, uh, when I first got diagnosed, was like that was the first good thing that came out of it. Where he was the one who stayed there with me and helped me go through this this in this initial uh suffering with everything so like i'm still going through my treatment right now but yeah. he was there and laid the foundation he was my rock in that time and helped it helped me to really really love him and appreciate him in a totally new level and that's just the beginning of so many good things amidst the bad 
God, that is just such a scary situation. Here you are living through it. And I mean, thankfully, you had your family with you. Yeah. And I think that, you know, what people don't realize about the cancer population is when young people like JC get put into the hospital for their treatment, you know, JC was 15, right? So you were in the pediatrics at the time, right? The average age of of pediatric cancer patients is five years old. So like the, the idea that JC actually met somebody his age, it would be like kind of not a miracle, but it'd be not that likely. Maybe there was, yeah, you know, I mean, very unlikely, you know? So, and there are 70,000 young people who are diagnosed with uh, cancer every year, you know, between the ages of 18 and 39, that's the AYA, you know, age group. And then like some of the older, um, you know, we call them play it back artists, some of the older play it back artists that are in the program, you know, maybe they got into the hospital and they were 18 and they were on the adult ward and everyone there, you know, the average age for someone who's an adult who has cancer is 60. Right. So it's like they're in between. And the other thing is, you know, if you think about it, you know, I used to volunteer a lot at pediatric wards and everyone wants to give pediatric wards, you know, toys and come and sparkles. Right. But, you know, to be honest, even when I was playing in hospitals, like 15 year old boys are a hard population. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to play with my acoustic guitar to 15 year old boys? Like, I'm not going to be able to, time. it was like, you know, I've been doing it for 20 years. So early on, it was like heavy metal, like rap rock. Like what I can't sure. do, you know, do that in the hospital or then it's like rap. And, and I love all that music, but like, you know, you also think about content. So it's, it's the teenage population and the young adult population is, is a tricky population and they're underserved. And I think that's another reason why you know, people love this program so much because when you're a teenager, that's like the height of when you're discovering music. You know, one of the coolest parts about this for me as a musician is like, you know, I get all these young people who are heart and soul into music. You know, I'm a dad, you know, I have other things that I have to do. So I'm not always listening to always the newest stuff out, but they're always schooling me on what's going on. You know, JC shows me bedroom uh, pop, you know, which is like an indie sort of genre. And then, you know, someone else shows me like, you know, a trap artist who I never would have found. So, so for instance, everyone's into different music and we always mm-hmm. sort of follow that road. Like, well, here's kind of like how that's made. And like, you know, and let's talk about where that came from. And then we write, you know, with those things in mind. Sure. So, so let, let me back you up just a little bit so we can really dive deep into this program. Yeah. How did you and JC get together? As far as how we actually met, you know, we, you know, Teen Cancer America has a lot of contacts all over the, you know, the country because they build rooms, they build um, facilities and hospitals specifically for teen and young adult cancer patients. So now they don't have to go to the little kids playroom. They can go to the teen room and they have things that are for teens there. You know, obviously they have video games and stuff, but a lot of other things that are more focused on that age group. So that's what Teen Cancer America, that's their main focus. And um, in doing that, they have a lot of relationships all over the country. And so I'm going to say, you know, JC, maybe correct me, but I think there was somebody at, was it, was a hospital? Was it USC? Uh, No. So it's at UCLA. They have this uh, child life specialist. They're they're, they're with you along the way. One of them even stuck with me like all the way till right before I I got one of my major surgeries for my portocathlete and my treatment. And um, Mm -hmm. basically one of them who I see all the time, her name is Millie. And she is fantastic. She is like a ray of sunshine in the midst of the clouds. And um, 
she already knew that I was deep into music in high school and all that. And I was uh, planning on going into more professional and college route with uh, music. And she she told me, okay, knowing with what your interest is and everything, I know about this program uh, with this great, great producer. And I know that uh, I think he, I, you would love this. I mean, I thought I thought I should let you know. And I, I thought this is amazing. This is awesome. I, she, she uh, talked to me a little bit about it and it was hard to establish a moment in the beginning. Uh, time-wise, I don't even remember why, but, but eventually we were able to, um, outside of emails, to finally connect through phone and, and establish eventually uh, our first time meeting together in person at his home studio. Awesome. Yeah. And, it's, and it's so cool that you brought up, ch- brought up child life uh, specialists because Hillary Gann, who is my, you know, the co-founder of this, she, that was the child life specialist at UCLA who I knew really well because she was my liaison between the hospital and the patients when I would come and play from room to room. So she really knew what I was about and what I was able to do and how I was with patients. And then when she moved on to Teen Cancer America, you know, she obviously had all those contacts at UCLA and that's what Millie, you know, knew Hillary and Hillary basically says to the hospitals, listen, you know, we have this program. And if you have some young people who are interested in music, you know, have them talk with Kenley and see if they'd be interested in this program. And so that's basically how we've gotten most of the people who who come on, the, the young people who become playback artists through child life specialists, through staff at the hospitals. And then also, you know, there's publicity, you know, people, I went and spoke at an event at UCLA and somebody was in the audience who was a young cancer survivor. And she's like, I want to do that. You know, Um, somebody found me on Facebook because they'd heard about it. You know, they hear the different ways and, and so much so that we even have, now we have somebody in Alabama who I'm working with via Zoom and we have somebody in North Carolina who I'm working with via Zoom. And so it's gone from this sort of local thing to now it's gotten this reach because of COVID, ironically, that we've realized sure, sure. we can continue working this way. Um, ideally, as as JC talked about, like people would come to my to my studio and we write here and we create and we record. Um, and that's awesome because luckily mm-hmm. JC got in the program before COVID. So we've had those experiences together in the studio. And then we've also had the COVID experience. And, you know, they're both really meaningful. It's very different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. But um, and there's more on that. But essentially, you know, that we're, we have a network, you know, through Teen Cancer America, through my experience in hospitals of people who can reach out to young people and say, hey, listen, you know, if you love music, you know, I know this program called Play It Back. And you know, I've, I've, before COVID, I would go into the hospital with my laptop and write and record in the hospital too. If somebody wasn't well enough, we have several artists who I met while they were getting chemo. Right. And one thing I I do want to interject and make sure that people know is you don't have to be a musician by any stretch of the imagination. If you like music or you love music, or you have these thoughts that you want to get out, Mm -hmm. this is really the program for you, you know, and, and that's something I want to kind of touch on now is what is the songwriting process for someone like JC or, or, you know, um, either in your studio or outside of the studio, how does the process start? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, ultimately it's, it's a musician hang, right? It's like, we talk about, well, what are you into? What do you like listening to? Like, why do you like listening to that? Like, what have you heard before? You know, and generally I will say that the young people who gravitate towards this really do love music, you know, and, and it's, I mean, I'm sure there's a large percentage of, you know, people that age who just love music. Right. So, you know, rarely they don't, but, um, but generally they do. And then there's definitely, a, a range 
range of experience, right? Because like JC, he plays a bunch of instruments actually, you know, but for instance, he never really sung before, you know, or at least never recorded himself singing. So this was a barrier that we like broke down to great success, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, you know, the way things are nowadays, like, I'm able to create music in many, many different genres just because of my experience and as, as are a lot of musicians. And I can also reach out to my community of musicians to help out and play tracks or give us beats or, you know, there's all sort of very variables, but essentially with JC, what happened was, and it's kind of like the blueprint we taught, he came over, we talked music, you know, he brought his violin cause I knew he's a, he played violin. So I just wanted him to bring that. And we just talked music. He played me some music that he likes. I played him some music that, you know, that inspired me in those moments. And then we just started to just play with chords and play with themes. And there's not really one way, but mostly it's just like that communicating and expressing and, you know, even hearing about somebody's day and they say something and you go, what you just said, like, that's a hook for us. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of things is what we do. And, and, and so, um, JC would come, like, we actually had a time slot that he would come. I think it was like every Tuesday at like, you know, five 30 or something. Cause he was, a, he's a very busy guy as you'll hear, you know, um, I'll let you explain your, you know, your family situation, but he's got a lot of responsibility. And I was mm-hmm. always so amazed at how he carved out time to still do this. That all being said though, you know, we had, we were consistent. He would come for two, mm-hmm. three hours to the studio He''d sit on the piano, on the drums. I'd sit on the guitar, the piano. I'd sing something. He'd play violin. He'd make up a melody. And inevitably, we'd, we carved out this first song. Got it. Well, yeah. speaking of the first song. The second song, by the way, that we did. The- oh, oh, it is. Okay. The well, the song that we're going to hear today, yeah. um, what I would love to do is we have some snippets of it, you know, just the, the process from the beginning until the end. Why don't we play a little of that now, just so that we can hear how it all got started, and then we'll come back and talk about it a little bit. Great. the start of a really great take. How did you feel? You guys, you know, started the process and then you went home and were you thinking, oh my God, I don't know if I can do this. What, you know, were you nervous? What were your thoughts afterwards? You know, this was the second song. This was after COVID started. I'm not going to tell JC's story because this is about him and and the the theme of this song and the, and the lyrics and all this is really beautiful, you know, and, and, but we are having a conversation about his family and I'm going to let him continue, but I just want to say that this was all done remotely. Every bit of this was done remotely. And, um, and it was challenging for us. I think in a way we kind of, you know, both of us felt like these light bulbs going off, like, yeah, this is hard, but this is going to work. You know, I think yeah. first we were both like, how is this going to work? We had such a fun time in the studio together. We had sure. such a great time meeting up for several weeks and putting together the first song. How are we going to make this work? This is going to be my contact with JC now. It's just on the screen. How are we going to do this? Sure. And inspiration anyways with COVID has been so challenging. I, I could see where a lot of people are just like, you know what? I don't, I'm not inspired and I can't, right. I just can't. Right. And we did, you know, and and maybe JC, you can talk more about thematically what we were talking about, because it all started with a conversation. 
That's exactly what I'd love to do because um, as we'll continue on and, you know, hear more of the song, I have to tell you, your lyrics are so profound. I think they're genius and I think that they are so literate and so beautiful. So yes, please, let's talk about how you how you got your story. Where did the story come from? How did, how did you put it, you know, pen to paper and jump into this? Yeah, so for me in general, because of being a multi-instrumentalist, uh, lyrics are more difficult for me to just think of it and, 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 and to formulate them in a specific like song format, something that works for a song easily. And uh, so what we ended up, what ended up working was me uh, talking about my experience and all, all these things. And then basically Ken, Kenley and I kind of getting the best out of it and making like a puzzle piece <laughs> with it. And the, this song is the most, I think, uh, deep t- uh, song that we've made with in terms of lyrics and the story and everything. And it has, it kind of has a mix of almost everything that I've learned from my experience. And, but, but at its core, you know, it's called not going to wear black. It's a lot of it is from uh, my experience with my dad. The thing is that uh, it's all kind of crazy. Just reflecting on it. I run a year, exactly, exactly one year. It's no, no kidding. After I had gotten diagnosed, um, my dad got diagnosed with uh, colon cancer. And oh so it, it was literally right on the dot on that date and everything changed again <laughs> for our family. And for me, it was especially big because I no longer was the sick one. I was sick, but I got better thankfully in time when that happened and I switched roles. I was I was put into a different set of shoes. Now I was the the one looking, the one watching it happen, which is another form of suffering that I had. And no, that it was my mom and dad with me, and now it was kind of my turn to go into that and experience that. And um, and it, it brought with it a lot of uh, difficulty. And then a, a year after that. Uh, almost a year he he passed away sadly wow. and uh it was a a really difficult battle worse than mine i i can confidently say he he suffered more than me in shorter time and in the uh when when it was his um his his funeral what we my family and i had decided to do was to not wear black and to get out of that, uh, the conventional uh, thing here where, you know, everyone wears black and everything, everything that you see in the movies and all. And because with wearing something colorful, it um, something that wasn't just stone cold black, it would help us, you know, with our physical appearance. And it would give us an extra help to not sink into that that darkness and that sadness and the depression, it was, we, of course we were sad, but if, if we wanted to do our best to not let a, let it sink us in more. Was your mom aware of the lyrics that you had written? Did you share those with her or did you save that until it was done? 
Uh, I saved it for a little while. And then eventually uh, when we started getting uh, a more, a, a better copy of the recording, mm-hmm. that's when I showed it to her. And, and then I would explain to her what the lyrics were. And she was just, just so touched. And I'm happy. sure she was blown away. I don't want to get too far ahead. So let's just take a quick listen and we can get your thoughts about how you felt it was going. Tell me, how did you, you had the idea, you had the lyrics, you had the, the melody, you know, then you got to take it to the bridge. How, how were you during this process? Did you feel from the beginning, like this is all going smoothly and it's better than I thought it would be? What, what was that? I, I see you laughing. So I, I want, I'm dying to know what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's literally, it, it shouldn't have happened this song shouldn't have happened basically how so (laughs) it was i mean it was it was a real challenge to figure out how we could make it work you know i mean it was like we started off with this guitar part that you heard you know which was inspired by the music that we both love you know what i mean kind of like an indie kind of vibe you know a sort of we knew we wanted to be a sort of minor kind of thing mid-tempo thing you know just sort of these general ideas let's do one like this yeah had this vibe happening that jc really liked and he felt like yeah this is cool okay and it also felt like it was in the family of the first song we did And, and that's not to say that we're trying to make things you know put a package around it but just like we felt like you know let's make a family like something that might go with the same family so anyway, so so we we couldn't really do the jamming and and the sort of improv improvisation that we did because because JC loves to improvise and to just you know riff on the violin and, and and so I said hey listen you know actually so Benny Blanco who's a friend of the program he's a really uh, great guy and a gr- amazing producer incredible producer he's got hits you know like forever and and Benny and I have known each other for you know eight years now and he was one of the people who we brainstormed about to like you know can we make this work and he got involved with some of the early uh survivors with me and so um Benny I reached out to Benny I said hey man you know now that COVID happened I need a way for people to track their vocals so I said I think I can get a really good deal from Apogee for these little microphones they could plug into everyone can plug into their laptop or their phone so so Benny bought microphones for everyone and we got them out to everybody right why wow. we have these microphones and I said JC okay you have your microphone and, and it was like two weeks for everyone or two sessions at least of us for most people of being like how do you use this thing right make- <laughs> that's me all the time <laughs> everyone invented like different ways of making it work and JC invented the blanket technique which is find the oh. correct blanket you know we even I was even like did you use a different blanket for that track boxy <laughs> and he used like a thicker blanket so I'm like use the thinner blanket next time he literally and you know that's really smart, I must say. I mean, I know you've got you've got some musical chops, but 
I got to give it to you. Yeah. He invented that with us, you know, and I told other people about it. So like we're all helping each other, you know, try and get the best sounding tracks. Right. So he and I said, listen, just improvise over this track. You know, and so he, you know, the next time we met up, he had like, you know, three or four, just like from start to finish, just like melody things. Some lyrics were trying to poke through. And then we just sat there on Zoom and I would listen down and be like, that's really cool. And he would watch, we'd watch and lock it, logic. And I say, you see that section? What do you think of that? Yeah, that's cool. Okay, we'll move that here, move that here, move it here. Till we came up with this melody, you know, and then it was like time to plug in lyrics, basically, you know, so it, this isn't like a steadfast way that we work, but this was just what we had at the time. And yeah, I think sure. what I feel like, and I don't want to speak for you, JC, but I feel like part of it, like that he says it shouldn't have happened was like, we were kind of like, how the hell are we going to do this? <laughs> and he was kind of like, how are you going to get this? Like, how are we going to do it now? We, uh, it was so much fun in the studio. How is like putting happen? squares on the floor and trying to put the puzzle together. Yeah. And so we just did it step by step and it was intuitive. And so he, he did the work. I got to say, he did the work, man. He went and he put the blanket over his head and he sent me a bunch of takes and he showed up and we were on Zoom and we were looking through the logic session and picking out melodies we liked and composing it, you know, pick, putting it together. And then that's really where we got into lyrics. You know, so I think that, you know, that was and then just it was a long conversation. And he said, you know, with the lyrics, <laughs> he said, you know, we decided we're, we weren't going to wear black. And I said, yeah, man, that's it. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, we're not going to wear black. And I and I like to tell people, you know, we try to write songs for the most part, not always, but for the most part that, you know, can pertain to more than just one situation. Right. There's this assumption that goes with this program. It's like, oh, so you guys write songs about cancer. It's like, no, dude, everything's about cancer and right. about death and everything's about that's dancing. Such a, and yeah, absolutely. And it's a very about, valid point. You know, and so that's what we that's what we in, infuse into our songs. Is we distill it down to our experiences, but we also are aware that we're reaching out to humanity and we want to connect with people through music and through lyrics. Sure. Well, obviously, that's the beauty of the program. And certainly... I think what you have provided to, you know, all of the people that have participated in the program is what I always like to call a safe environment to make a lot of mistakes. Yes. You know, you've got something great when you can make a lot of mistakes and then you pick up and you, you know, work out those pieces. And, you know, I, it's very apparent in this particular song um, and just in general. So I want to tell you, yeah, you, you guys really picked up the piece as well. Before we get to the last piece, I'd like to just take a moment and introduce everyone to Claudia. Claudia is JC's mom. She's here today to tell her story about how she dealt with the news, first of all, that you got sick, and then your father becoming ill, but what she thinks about and thought about the program when you first started, and what she's seen as far as the outcome as to where you are now. So let me introduce you to Claudia. Hi, Claudia. Hi, Hi, it's so nice to meet you. And I'm so happy that we can be together to, to talk. Gracias. Yo también. <laughs> so my first question would be, um, can you share just a little bit about your story with JC, what your, what your initial thoughts, fears, you know, your experience about how this journey started? You see. En un comienzo, pues eh, lo veía que poco a poco estaba perdiendo su, su energía, su fuerza. Y después de... From the beginning, the low energy was the first sign, but it was later through a phone call that we found out that things were looking bad. 
for the sickness. We were able to not see it completely in a negative way, at least through the lens of faith. And in the first 15 days of him being in the hospital, I would go in and out. But it was mainly my husband who stayed with him in the hospital the whole time. It was really like a phase of just pure miracles popping up, just seeing how the relationship between my husband and son had gotten so much better. What I think is so lovely is that through this terrible event, uh, you and your family and JC were able to find a community that brought some light to some of the darkness. What are your thoughts about the opportunity with JC meeting Kenley and being a part of the Play It Back program? What did you think about that? En un comienzo, pensé más que nada por, por Juan Carlos, uh, la, la música, dije, ah, qué bueno, a través de instrumentos. Pero en... I noticed that my son had this love for music, but it wasn't until the pandemic that he had a voice, that he could sing. I feel like it's a gift from God. It's great that he's using his voice and his thought process and his experiences and not hiding it and using it for others. Not in the sense of just pure advice, but expressing himself and that experience that others can use. It's something that not many people have at his age, and especially to use it this way to help others, instead of just thinking of money and things like that when it comes to music. This has been such a cool opportunity and, and also a learning experience and certainly will uh, inspire other people to want to share in this joy of the program. Um, what I also think is quite remarkable uh, for your mom, Claudia, is that you ended up being such an intricate part of the song because it's your words that created this beautiful masterpiece. Um, what, what do you think about the song? What has the song meant to you? Creo que es que desde el punto de vista... It brings a reason for me to be happy. It's a mix, of course. There's the sadness of losing my husband. Not wearing black is part of that message that there's happiness too, and black has no place in happiness. Beautifully mm -hmm. said. Do you, um, do you have any final thoughts, uh, any funny um, observations about Kenley? What did you, what do you love about, you know, the program for, for the last final thought? Yo, yo me he dado cuenta que a mí también me gusta cantar, aunque no tengo buena voz. I've noticed that I also like to sing despite not having such a good voice. In my church, I can sing, and I think JC likes to sing a lot with the music. At least that part is from me. My husband didn't like to sing much. When I was back in high school, I had a lot of imagination and creativity when listening to music. I'd imagine choreography with it, and now, listening to the music that he made, I even start to think about choreography that could connect to it. When I see JC creating a song, it's really great and beautiful to see. When I first heard the first few songs that they made, it made me think, wow, that's the quality of song I'd hear on the radio. I hope that they continue with what they do, that they continue forward to help others. Thank you for taking some time 
to express your your journey with the Play It Back program and for filling us in on your experiences, and we're very grateful. Uh, I hope the best for you guys, Kenley, and I know that all of you are doing an incredible job, amazing work and service, and that it all comes from God. I thank you so much, and God bless you. Gracias, Claudia. <laughs> De nada. So let's let's go back just for a minute. I want to talk more about this song, which is I'm not going to wear black and what a statement that is. Uh, and, you know, um, finishing the song, I know, Kenley, that you have at your fingertips some pretty incredible people that volunteer their time. And I'd love to talk about who some of those people are. I know that there's a lot of people that will be coming on, you know, throughout this series to contribute. And let's talk a little bit about our, our musical community. Yeah. So, you know, we have the Play It Back artists, which are all the young people that, you know, write and 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 collaborate with each other and have formed this community of, of artists. And then we also have... Uh, artists out out in the world who are, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, like extraordinarily uh, successful, I don't know, famous or whatever you want to call it. JC, did when you heard the names of some of these people, did you freak out? Absolutely. I, I had, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was starstruck that they were of course. involved. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so what we do is, you know, when we do have these uh, meeting meetings, group calls, whatever you want to call them, Zoom calls, you know, this is like, you know, talking to the gurus. Absolutely. That, and we use all of that. I mean, we would be foolish not to listen to what Benny Blanco has to say about songwriting or performance or Mike Posner has to say about, you know, achieving. You know, this is somebody who just sure. across the country and is now going to climb Mount Everest and who also has hit songs with himself and Justin, you know, whatever. So there are incredible people who've done incredible things. And I think also the playback artists are incredible people who've done incredible things. Right. We use all of that within our songwriting world. You know, we have, it's like, a, it's almost like a, an incredible school, you know? Sure. Well, timing, as we've talked about, is everything. And what a time it is to be able to have these wonderful people want to participate. I'm always really pleased to hear this, but also so excited about what happens in the future. This program is already successful. And as we get further into the season of stories, I dare you people not to want to be inspired by what you hear. You know, and if you're, you know, a mix engineer who wants to help us finish songs because we write a lot of songs. Great point. You no, know, we um, we're definitely looking for people to help us finish. You might be mixing a song that has Pete Townsend playing guitar in it. You know, he's part of the family, too. You know, as far as Teen Cancer America, it's their charity. So they love this program, too, Roger and Pete. And, um, you know, we're just building it out. So, yeah, we could use all the help we can get. Obviously, you know, we need to keep helping people. So, I, th I think that's the takeaway. I, what I would love to say is I can't wait for people to hear this song. We're going to play not all of it, but we're going to play some more right now so that people can really get the grasp of what this song became, right? And uh, we'll come back in just a minute and then we'll talk about what's in the future.
As you can hear, this song is taking on a shape of its own. It's so good. What I would like to know, JC, is how much of this did you play instrument-wise? Not too much, but uh, mainly uh, the little violin solo. That was me. I wanted to incorporate some part of it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the really crazy thing is that despite all of this happening uh, with distance and, and in the midst of this pandemic, it was a huge collaboration effort. Like it was mainly that it, this was not just me and Kenley. We had um, a lot of orchestration by uh, the dad of another one of the play it back artists. Who, who was that? His name is Brian and he, he's awesome, is amazing. And his dad was able to help with a lot of the strings and the piano, for example, in the, in the background. It was great. And then uh, I, I had asked, like, I, I had the idea of like, hey, let's have some variety with vocals. Like, and, and I would like some harmonization and whatever. And the, the way we worked that out is we got to have another playback artist. Her name is Sarah. She's fantastic. And she's going through, she's gone through her own stuff, you know, and she was able to put her voice into this too. And then um, I have a friend, uh, his name is Miles. He, I, I love him as a brother. He, he has been, we've been friends for a very long time. And he was there with me when my dad died. And knowing that he um, that he sings too, I I told him, dude, do you want to help me with this? <laughs> you know, and we so it was it all worked out incredibly, just beautifully, really. Just it really it really did. is a big collage of effort from all sorts of di- different directions. Yeah. Sure. Well, obviously, through darkness, you really found your community. Definitely, definitely. Is there something that you would like to add, Kenley, to this this? Bo? Yeah, well, also, you know, in talking about the famous uh, artists and, and that collaborate with us and that give us, you know, their time, we also have, as, as Gregory Smith, who is a composer on this, would say, the blue-collar artists. You know, I have plenty of friends of mine who are working musicians who will send us a bass track, will send us... Gregory is a composer and, and a very successful one, but he's under the radar, you know, because that's what he's been... But he raised three boys being composer... And he took his time to play on our track. I sent him the tracks and, and he played, orchestrated the strings, like JC said, and he played piano. So, you know, and um, so that's the kind of thing we reach out to the community too, to, to, mu- to musicians. Yeah, it, it's just, it's so, it's so much bigger than all of us. I think that's what JC and I uh, talk about and realize. And I think that's kind of such, so exciting about it. That's definitely one of my last questions um, to you, JC, is, how has this program changed your life, you know, spiritually, emotionally? A, a lot, by a lot. Uh, for me, this, uh, my whole experience in general has just been crazy and difficult. And every the, the strength in my family that helped us go through this was not, it, it was not us. This was not me. I personally credit that to God. And it, it, everything that's happened, you know, there, there has been so much good and so many graces from it. And it, like, it, it's just crazy. The, the amount of doors that have opened is incredible. And Play It Back has been one of those incredible doors. 
I was already going to, I was already planning on going to uh, college for music, but with uh, high school, I had only experience with um, like a classical uh, performance type of uh, blends mm -hmm. and perspective. And so the whole thing with the behind the scenes work and the production and all that, I did not know anything about that. And so you got an incredible education just by, by yeah, doing um, it. Absolutely. It, this was a huge learning curve and a huge learning opportunity and it just to, to really allow me to get my voice out to and, and express myself yeah we're, we're working on another song together right now and i mean, hopefully i i want to make as as much music with kenley as possible yeah hopefully there can be more and it's just that's just that's just part of how much this uh this program is growing and and expanding there there are more artists that keep on getting added on and us the artists we keep on creating more and more and more like it's just yeah. it's incredible we were just talking about this right before uh, coming on here about how a little bit of how yeah this is growing and there's a lot of crazy cool directions that this can go towards it's yeah. amazing yeah well, I was going to ask you, you know, if you had any words of advice or wisdom that you wanted to pass on to any teen that's now going through a similar journey. Uh, you said quite a bit already, but is there anything else that you'd like to direct towards somebody out there that's listening right now? Yeah, sure. Um, be open. Don't be afraid to talk about your experiences, your suffering to close yourself off and to isolate yourself, which is something that many people do, and it's understandable, that does not help really because being locked in with your own imagination running wild in the negative sense is can can be, be can be dangerous and can be really difficult to bear. And so to to let yourself be open with with others and and to be as honest as possible and and to to be to humble yourself to to just be open to to everything uh, that everyone has to say and and to go with the flow of life and the things that happen in life it's 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 like the key honestly that for me and and to concentrate on the good because there's good and bad in all these situations like for example the pandemic it sucks for everyone but despite that we're here we're getting to work with people from other states and it, it's just, it's beautiful. There's, there's, there's a lot of good, even in the really dark. Well, you are a very, very bright light. And I'm, I'm just thrilled that people are going to get a chance to listen to your, to your mind, your beautiful voice and your words. And Kenley, man, you're doing really, really incredible work. And I can't wait to get down this journey with you and learn about other artists that you're working with. And I'm just so, um, I'm grateful that we could all hang out today. So we do have an exclusive. Please go to teencanceramerica.org. Go to the Play It Back program and you will be able to download the full song of I'm Not Gonna Wear Black. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye for today. And thank you guys so much. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. It's a pleasure. The Real Me is presented by Teen Cancer America and produced by Pantheon Podcasts. Hosted by Aaron Alden. Produced by Christian Swain and Aaron Alden. All music performed by the Play It Back music players, led by Kenley Mattis. Sound designed by Jerry Danielson. And please... 
Visit teencanceramerica.org to listen to today's full song and to find out more information on these amazing young people. And if you can, please donate. Even the price of a cup of coffee would greatly be appreciated by us. And anything you can do to help these young people will be richly rewarded, I'm sure. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.